0: We're uh, going to, hopefully, speed right through Ezekiel 12, 13, and 14 tonight. I'm going to bring you a message from that portion of Ezekiel entitled, The Sign and The Message. There are two signs that the Lord gives through and announces through the prophet Ezekiel that What is happening is really of God. The first sign is the sign of sure captivity. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, you live in the midst of the rebellious house who have eyes to see but do not see, ears to hear but do not hear, for they are a rebellious house. Therefore, son of man, prepare for yourself baggage for exile and go into exile by day in their sight even going to exile from your place to another place in their sight. Perhaps they will understand, though they are a rebellious house. Bring your baggage out by day in their sight as baggage for exile. Then you will go out at evening in their sight as those going into exile. Dig a hole through the wall in their sight and go through it. Load the baggage on your shoulder in their sight and carry it out in the dark. You shall cover your face So that you cannot see the land, for I have set you as a sign to the house of Israel. Now, these people would have been familiar with that. This is, this is, uh, oh, about six years or so have passed since, uh, they first came out in the, in the second, uh, in the, in the second exodus of, uh, of captivity. But, uh, they would remember this is how it happened when, uh, when they were brought out. So, I did so as I had been commanded. By day I brought out my baggage like the baggage of an exile. Then in the evening I dug through the wall with my hands. I went out in the dark and carried the baggage on my shoulder in their sight. In the morning the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, is not the house of Israel, the rebellious house? Said to you, What are you doing? Say to them, Thus says the Lord God. This burden concerns the prince in Jerusalem as well as all the house of Israel who are in it. Say, I am a sign to you as I have done so it will be done to them. They will go into exile, into captivity. Now Zedekiah is still uh, more or less a, a puppet king on the throne, but he's pretty much told what to do by the Babylonian leaders. So... He's, of course, a son of David, and we're going to see in the course of Ezekiel's prophecy here that uh, the king tries to escape, and it doesn't work out for him, and we'll, we'll say more about that in just a second. The prince who is among them will load his baggage on his shoulder in the dark and go out. They will dig a hole through the wall to bring it out. He will cover his face so that he cannot see the land with his eyes. I will also spread my net over him, and he will be caught in my snare, And I will bring him to Babylon in the land of the Chaldeans, yet he will not see it, though he will die there. I will scatter to every wind all who are around him, his helpers, all of his troops, and I will draw out a sword after them, so they will know that I am the Lord when I scatter them among the nations and spread them them among the countries. But I will spare a few of them from the sword, the famine, and the pestilence, that that they may tell all their abominations among the nations where they go and may know that I am the Lord. They were brought into captivity, and then their king tries to escape by digging a hole through the wall, and he thinks he has a well-planned escape, but he's caught. Uh, the Babylonians catch him, and they. this is in the book of the Kings. They force him to watch as the Babylonians kill every one of his sons. And then, as soon as they've killed his sons, they put his eyes out. So that's the last thing he saw. And they they took him into Babylon as a trophy. You know how they would. They, they carried him uh, on display. And uh, he was, of course, chained and all this kind of stuff. And he was blinded. His eyes were put out. So he never could see anything. He was carried to Babylon. He was imprisoned there. He died there. But he never could see. They'd put his eyes out. So this prophecy is literally. Uh, fulfilled and those who are scattered are going to they're going to be so profoundly affected by the judgment of Jehovah on these people at this time that they're going to remember it and they're going to continue to talk about it even when they are scattered among the nations. The second is the sign of trembling. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, eat your bread with trembling, and drink your water with quivering and anxiety. Then say to the people of the land, Thus says the Lord God concerning the inhabitants of Jerusalem in the land of Israel. They will eat their bread with anxiety and drink their water with horror, because their land will be stripped of its fullness on account of the violence of all who live in it. The inhabited cities will be laid waste, and the land will be a desolation, so you will know that I am the Lord." The Babylonians go in and take everything. They take all the food supply. They take, they take everything. There's nothing left. And so the people who were once once proud and, and high society, you know, Jeru- Jerusalem and and Judea leading up to that time, very prosperous, even to the point of arrogance. And now... They, they, they tremble. All they can do is tremble in fear when they eat because the dwindling supply, uh, there soon will be nothing left. So they, they have nothing but anxiety and worry and fear in their hearts. Now, after, after he expresses the, uh, two signs, he delivers a series of five messages to the people. The first message is the attack. his attack on false proverbs. That is, these little cute sayings that the people had uh, about Jehovah and his prophets and the so-called doomsayers. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, what is this proverb you people have concerning the land of Israel, saying the days are long... And every vision fails. What the people would say is, oh, yeah, it's another prophet. He's telling us that we're doomed and damned and we're going to die, but that's something that's going to happen way in the future. It's not going to happen right now. Therefore say to them, thus says the Lord God, I will make this proverb cease so that they will no longer use it as a proverb in Israel, but tell them the days draw near as well as the fulfillment of every vision. For there will no longer be any false vision or flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I, the Lord, will speak, and whatever word I speak will be performed. It will no longer be delayed, for in your days, O rebellious house, I will speak the word and perform it, declares the Lord God. So God's essentially saying, you're going to shut that mess up because you're going to see that exactly what they're saying is about to happen to you right now. Second message, attack on false belief. Furthermore, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, the house of Israel is saying, the vision that he sees is for many years from now, and he prophesies of times far off. Therefore say to them, thus says the Lord God, none of my words will be delayed any longer. Whatever word I speak will be performed, declares the Lord God. So the false proverbs planted doubt in the hearts and the minds of the people. It wasn't just doubt. They just didn't believe the prophets. When the prophets told them, you have gone too far this time. When Ezekiel or, or any, especially Jeremiah, you've gone too far. The Assyrians, the Egyptians, they're not going to help us. This is all the Babylonians are swarming down on us. Isaiah told us this was going to happen. This is it for us. Uh, we're going to have to just get ready to meet the Lord uh, in judgment. We're going to have to get ready to live in Babylon because we we are doomed to judgment. Well, the people did the the false proverbs were well, you know, everything that they're saying is for another time. Well, that caused the people to doubt the prophets, and so he says to Ezekiel, "Now take this message and go to the doubters." and tell them that it won't be long until they won't be doubting anymore. Third message, attack on false prophets. All right, while the message of judgment is falling on the people, (laughs) while the Babylonians are sweeping through the land, and while they have Jerusalem surrounded, and while Zedekiah is somewhat of a puppet on the throne, and while the Babylonians are in control of everything, and while they've taken over and they've assumed control of the economy, and and the entire land while their best their best people their their brightest leaders and civil servants and and their most skilled craftsmen are being deported to babylon while all of this is happening right before their eyes they still remain in some kind of silly denial that uh, this is just not going to happen even though it's happening so there were false prophets running around saying you know don't worry this this is this is not really anything this is this is just a little uh, bump in the road. And they they were preaching against the prophets of God. So Ezekiel's third message is, attack, is an attack on these false prophets. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who prophesy and say to those who prophesy from their own inspiration, listen to the word of God those who prophesy from their own inspiration. In other words, their own imagination. Thus says the Lord God, Woe to the foolish prophets who are following their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, your prophets have been like foxes among ruins. You've not gone up into the breaches, nor did you build the wall around the house of Israel to stand in the battle on the day of the Lord. They see falsehood and lying divination, who are saying the Lord declares when the Lord has not sent them, yet they hope for the fulfillment of their word. Did you not see a false vision and speak a lying divination when you said the Lord declares, but it is not I who have spoken? So these guys were just liars. They were making all this up. Um, Maybe they were making money off of it. They were certainly uh, making everybody feel better, giving everybody uh, uh, some kind of peace of mind and a false uh, security with all that they were saying. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you've spoken falsehood and seen a lie, therefore, behold, I am against you, declares the Lord God. So my hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and utter lying divinations. They'll have no place in the council of my people, nor will they be written down in the register of the house of Israel, nor will they enter the land of Israel that you may know that I'm the Lord God. It is definitely because they have misled my people by saying peace when there is no peace. And when anyone builds a wall, behold, they plaster it over with whitewash. So tell those who plaster it over with whitewash that it will fall. A flooding rain will come and you, O hailstones, will fall and a violent wind will break out. Behold, when the wall is fallen, will you not be asked, where is the plaster with which you plastered it? The signs have been clear for some time that this this wall that is Jerusalem and this wall that is Israel has, has fallen into ruin. It's it, moral decay and, and unbelief and idolatry. These things have caused uh, cracks in this imaginary wall that he uses as an illustration. Well, these false prophets would go in there when the True prophets of God would say, "Can't you see the foundation is crumbling? Can't you see this thing's about to fall?" Well, they would go in there in a symbolic sense, and they would, with their false prophecies, they would whitewash it. They wouldn't repair it. They would just make it look good, but it still had it still had the crumbling uh, foundation. So it wasn't going to it wasn't going to stand. So the Lord says, look, the flooding rain will come, hailstones and a violent wind, and you're going to see that wall fall because plaster can't hold it up. They didn't attend to the real things in their lives that would strengthen uh, their society. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will make a violent wind break out in my wrath. There will also be in my anger a flooding rain and hailstones to consume it in wrath. So I will tear down the wall which you plastered over with whitewash and bring it down to the ground so that its foundation is laid bare. And when it falls, you'll be consumed in its midst and you will know that I am the Lord. Thus I will spend my wrath on the wall and on those who have plastered it over with whitewash. And I will say to you, the wall is gone and its plasterers are gone, along with the prophets of Israel who prophesied of Jerusalem and who see visions of peace for her when there is no peace declares the Lord God. Now you, son of man, set your face against the daughters of your people who are prophesying from their own inspiration and prophesy against them. These were sorceresses. They were like witches. We saw, we saw earlier how they, how they worshipped uh, the sun, and, and uh, you may remember uh, Tammuz, the, the, earlier, uh, the earlier portion of this book. Uh, these, these, these uh, women who had sold themselves out to idolatry and this terrible kind of worship of uh, mother and child and, and so forth. Well, they were going around uh, chanting and, and, and uh, being, uh, being like witches in witchcraft. So God says, prophesy against these women, verse 18, and say, thus says the Lord God, Woe to the women who sew magic bands. That's a magic charm. Hebrew word means it's a magic charm. Only place in the Bible that word, that word is seen, a magic charm. Who sew magic bands on all wrists and make veils for the heads of persons of every stature to hunt down lives. Will you hunt down the lives of my people, but preserve the lives of others for yourselves? For handfuls of barley and fragments of bread, you have profaned me to my people to put to death some who should not die and to others Uh, and to keep others alive who should not live by your lying to my people who listen to lies. Well, okay. They, in some kind of witchcraft, they prophesy and they use magic charms uh, and they, they put these things on people and they convince people that these magic charms will bring them luck and fortune and all this kind of stuff. And they hunt. They're very aggressive because the Lord compares them to hunters. Uh, You go out hunting. uh, You have to stalk your prey. You have to look for the signs and and uh, sometimes it's especially in that day with a you have to dig a trap or or whatever. Uh, You had a spear or a a stone axe or whatever to, to pound them over the head with if you caught them up in a trap or a snare. Uh, a bow and arrow, to, you had to be really focused and, and uh, committed to hunt down an animal and a hunter, uh, a focused and committed hunter would stay on it and he would know how to stalk and finally catch his prey. Well, these prophetesses, these witches are compared to hunters. They're, they're going out all over the place in, a, in an aggressive fashion, uh, selling charms and, and, uh, and, and uh, selling good fortune and selling spells and, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and they're, they're prophesying that the good people ought to die and that the bad people ought to live. And those who are in control and in charge are listening to them. So, good people are being put to death, bad people are dying, and they just seem to have a free reign all over the place. You can tell who they are by the way, by the veil that they wear and the charms that they have on their wrists, the magic charm bracelets that they have. Well, the Lord said, I've had enough of them, and you tell them that. So, that's what Ezekiel uh, is saying. God isn't blind to what is going on with regard to these prophecies. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against your magic bands by which you hunt lives there as birds, and I will tear them from your arms, and I will let them go even those lives whom you hunt as birds. I will also tear off your veils and deliver my people from your hands, and they will no longer be in your hands to be hunted, and you will know that I am the Lord. Because you disheartened the righteous with falsehood, when I did not cause him grief but have encouraged the wicked not to turn from his wicked way and preserve his life, therefore you women will no longer see false visions or practice divination and I will deliver my people out of your hand. thus you will know that I am the Lord. Fourth message, the attack on hypocrites. Then some elders of Israel came to me and sat down before me. These are, the, these are the guys that have been discussing things with him while they're in captivity. Why are these things happening to us? Why has the temple fallen into the hands of Gentiles? Why has a Gentile guy gone into the Holy of Holies? Well, and and the holy city and, and all. You remember earlier, God, God took Ezekiel on a spiritual flight and let him see what was really going on in the city and in the temple and in the secret compartments of the temple. And he also saw that the not only the religious leaders, but the civic leaders as well were all given over uh, to worshiping false gods and goddesses. Well, now these guys were uh, skilled craftsmen or skilled in some way. They may have been established leaders and people would trust them. Whatever the case, they were some of these who were deported and carried off into captivity. And so they, they are the elders of this group of people where Ezekiel is. Now they come and and they they come to Ezekiel. They're still trying to, they're still trying to get a grip on what's happening, you see. So they come to Ezekiel, son of man, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their hearts, and have put right before their faces the stumbling block of their iniquity. Should I be consulted by them at all? God knew their hearts, you see. God says, Ezekiel, you tell these guys that I know that they still long for that kind of crazy worship and that that silly lifestyle for whatever reason. You tell them that I know that their hearts are still given over to that kind of stuff. And I shouldn't listen to anything that they have to say. Therefore, speak to them. In other words, what's implied here is that the elders are saying to the prophet. You need to tell Jehovah to lighten up a little bit. We're His people. We carry the promise of the Christ. We're, uh, you know, we. He has a covenant with Abraham and, and Isaac and Jacob, and he needs to lighten up a little bit uh, so that uh, <laughs> so that he doesn't get so that he doesn't lose face here. Probably what's happening with the elders, and so Jehovah says, why should I be consulted by them? They don't care about me. Therefore speak to them and tell them, Thus says the Lord God, Any man of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart puts right before his face the stumbling block of his iniquity and then comes to the prophet. I, the Lord, will be brought to give him an answer in the matter in view of the multitude of his idols in order to lay hold of the hearts of the house of Israel who are estranged from me through all their idols. I'm going to give him an answer not based on on the hypocrisy that he's demonstrating seemingly showing some kind of concern for Israel and the the religious rites and ceremonies of Israel, I'm going to deal with him according to his heart, not according to the way he he wants us to see him. I'm going to deal with him the way he really is. And when they know that I can see their hearts they're going to turn around and they're going to say, hey, God's looking at our hearts. So, you know, we got we to clean ourselves up here. Therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, repent and turn away from your idols and turn your faces away from all your abominations. For anyone of the house of Israel or of the immigrants who stay in Israel, who separates himself from me, sets up his idols in his heart, puts right before his face the stumbling block of his iniquity, and then comes to the prophet to inquire of me for himself, I, the Lord, will be brought to answer him in my own person, set my face against that man, make him a sign and a proverb, and I will cut him off from among my people, so you will know that I am the Lord. But if the prophet is prevailed upon to speak a word, it is I, the Lord, who have prevailed upon that prophet. And I'll stretch out my hand against him and destroy him from among my people Israel. They will bear the punishment of their iniquity as the iniquity of the inquirer is, so the iniquity of the prophet will be in order that the house of Israel may no longer stray from me and no longer defile themselves with all their transgressions. Thus they will be my people and I shall be their God, declares the Lord God. In other words, Ezekiel could not pamper these people at all. If God didn't tell him what to say, he couldn't say it or the same judgment would fall on him. He had to say exactly what the Lord told him to say. Fifth and final message in this section, judgment will not be spared. No matter what to do, no matter what to say, judgment is already decided. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, if a country sins against me by committing unfaithfulness, and I stretch out my hand against it, destroy its supply of bread, and send famine against it, and cut it off, uh, uh cut off from it both man and beast, even though, even though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in its midst, by their own righteousness, they could only deliver themselves, declares the Lord God. Now that's an interesting list of men, Noah, Daniel, and Job. Now Noah and Job have been dead a long time. Daniel has already made a name for himself. Uh, You remember, he's the one who told Nebuchadnezzar that there is one God uh, and he's the one who interpreted his dream. And also Daniel, who was in the first wave of deportees uh, and has been there a while longer than Ezekiel and these exiles have been there, is already recognized as as a great man of God, even though he's still a very young man at this point in time. He's already assumed a position. of He won't back down. He doesn't back down from from declaring the Word of God. So the people respect Daniel. Of course, they remember Noah and Job. And he said, even if those three guys were right there in the midst of where my wrath is about to fall, they'd be the only ones, but I wouldn't spare anybody else. Not even they could intercede for what I'm about to do. If I were to cause wild beasts to pass through the land and they depopulated it and it became desolate so that no one would pass through it because of the beasts. Though these three men were in its midst as I live, declares the Lord God, they could not deliver either their sons or their daughters. They alone would be delivered, but the country would be desolate. That's how bad things were and how serious God is to bring judgment upon the people. Or if I should bring a sword on that country and say, let the sword pass through the country and cut off man and beast from it, even though these three men were in its midst as I live, declares the Lord God, they could not deli- deliver either their sons or their daughters, but they alone would be delivered. Or if I should send a plague against that country and pour out my wrath and blood on it to cut off man and beast from it, even though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in its midst as I live, declares the Lord God, they could not deliver either their son or their daughter they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness the point is the point is that a younger generation had become so corrupt that god knew they couldn't be turned the only thing left for them was judgment now noah and daniel and job had shown themselves uh, in the midst of difficult times to stay right with the lord they, they never turned. But using them against the backdrop of the day, what Jehovah is saying to the people, he's saying, look, there are some people who still remember the way they should worship. But those who come after them are so sold out uh, to the way of the devil that there's nothing that will spare them from my wrath and the judgment that I'm sending. For thus says the Lord God, How much more when I send my four severe judgments against Jerusalem, sword, famine, wild beasts, and plague, to cut off man and beast from it. Yet behold, survivors will be left in it, who will be brought out, both sons and daughters. Behold, they are going to come forth to you, and you will see their conduct and actions, then you will be comforted for the calamity which I have brought against Jerusalem, for everything which I brought upon it. Then they will comfort you when you see their conduct and actions, for you will know that I have not done in vain whatever I did to it, declares the Lord God. God's going, God says here, He says, you're going to see. You're going to see that I know how to get their attention. And you're going to see that this the only thing that will that will turn them around, the only thing that will speak to them, is the judgment that I'm going to pour out on this land, and I'm going to do it right now, and there's no backing up from it. It's already decided there's nothing that can be said or done. The judgment is set for that time. Well, we're going to stop there, and we'll have our uh, deacon prayer time.